0: Some claim that the age of a true gentleman is far behind us, but here at 284 Media, we disagree. He may appear in different guises today, but the values and ideals that make him a gentleman still stand. Gentlemen, aspiring gentlemen, and of course, our partners that hold us down. I'm Ron Grant. Welcome to The Art of a Distinguished Gentleman, a show poised to help guide modern-day men into 21st century distinguished gentlemen. Don't worry, it doesn't always involve suits and bow ties, but raw real-life lessons that translate to grounded, community-minded, well-rounded men. Thank you all so much for taking this journey with me. Having a true understanding of one's self is perhaps the most important quality any man could have. you got to know where you're going, where you come from, and exactly what you want to accomplish because that is oh so necessary. Our guest today knows who he is and from whence he's come. A father, husband, renowned musician, a go-getter with a passion for country, the amazingly talented, Mr. Dirk Walters, son of the soil, a family man, and most importantly, a true 21st century distinguished gentleman. We talk music, culture and heritage, fatherhood, being a husband, and so much more. It's a conversation you really don't want to miss. We'll be right back after we're from our sponsors. You're watching The Art of a Distinguished Gentleman. Viewers, welcome back on Ron Branch. You're watching The Art of a Distinguished Gentleman, the one and only Dirk Walters. Thank you for taking the time out to be with us today.
1: Thank you for having
0: me. Cheers. Cheers. Now, the last time we sat down was leading up to the general elections. You were a candidate. What have you been up to since then?
1: I've been up to basically the same things. I'm always up to, you know, community-oriented, working on my music, holding on a full-time job, a family, two different households. Okay. You know, helping as many persons as I can in the community, as I said. You know, inspiring and motivating persons as much as I can and getting involved in basically you know, cultivating young musicians and persons aspire to be in the entertainment industry.
0: Now, for the persons that don't know who Dirk Walters is, don't know your
1: your heritage, tell us about
0: who you, who you fa?
1: <laughs> who you fa? Yeah, that's always a question. Yeah. Well, I am a Walters, of course, and my family is from Virgin Gorda. You know, my dad's side of the family, his name is Lawrence Walters. You know, popularly known as Boots, mm-hmm. everyone both likely knows Boots. And my mom is Frances Walters, everyone calls her friend. Um, She's a, was a made maiden name. So my mom's side of the family is Dicastro Okay. You know, um, Dicasio side, persons would have known my great uncle who was known as Rasuhuru, mm-hmm. Lindy Dicastro, and my grandfather was his brother, Carlton Dicasio OBE. Okay.
0: Now, with all that you do, being a father, husband musician, and I love the fact that you said cultivating young musicians, because I think that's extremely important. In your role as a musician, a producer, what are some challenges that you've faced throughout your career that you'd like persons, young persons, to be somewhat aware of?
1: Challenges, they're basically the same challenges that anyone else faces in, you know, any type of business or any kind of career. And those are basically persons that Don't really understand your vision, and you have to understand that your vision and your journey—they're yours. They're no one else's, and you Mm. are one hundred percent responsible for it. So you have to decide from the onset: how far are you willing to go? Are you willing to go all the way? And if you're not willing to go all the way, if you're not willing to deal with the pitfalls and everything else that comes with it, then I think you should leave it alone. Because never expect an easy road. Never expect persons to just automatically embrace you and accept you with open arms. I mean, you can't expect a warm welcome. It's it's never that way. Okay. It looks easy. Like persons like myself, you know, people tell me that all the time, you know, I make it look so everything looks so seamless. And I'm like, okay, I've gotten to the point, but the reason I make it look seamless is because you're looking at nearly 30 years, you know, and I've been through everything you can think mm. about I've with every kind of tragedy and every kind of downfall and pitfall. And, you know, I know how to win, I also know how to lose. I know how to lead, I also know how to follow. I know how to listen, and I know how to speak. Amazing. When you look back at the 30
0: years in the music industry, is there anything that you would, would, have, you would change based on how you might have handled or persons might have dealt with you? Anything? Yes,
1: definitely. I think in my younger years, sometimes it's like when you have a passion for something, And you're really young in the game, whatever industry you're in, me being in the entertainment industry, I was so kind of caught up in just the love of it. And some persons really took advantage of me and tried to exploit me for my talents. And because the the, the biggest issue I face and the biggest mistake that I have ever made and had to overcome it is expecting me from other persons. Meaning like you will have the passion for something, you'll be genuine Hmm. with your intent. But unfortunately others aren't, and that might be the case. So, you know, but these are things that we all have to go through and you learn your lessons and the blessings are in the lessons. Amazing. Now, when we look at the trajectory of our
0: territory, um, and I have to ask you this, because you again were on as a candidate. What did the rule and the whole campaign process? It was quite a short process. Yes, um, it was very, very short. Very, very short. We didn't have the length of time to campaign as in years before. But what did your candidacy teach you or Any lessons learned from that experience?
1: Oh, most definitely. Once again, that whole thing about authenticity Hmm. and being genuine. When you put everything on the line, you know, your family structure, you know, putting yourself more, even more so in the public eye and the limelight, and you're willing to give up everything for betterment of country and your community. And then you get involved with some person, but unfortunately you start to realize and I always tell persons, that's where we were all blessed, with one mouth, two ears, and two eyes, because we should observe more and speak less, right? And, you know, you sit back, you observe, you get involved with things, but then you might realize that other persons aren't as genuine or their intent. You know, sometimes you realize that other persons, they have an agenda, you know, and that's where yeah. you have to be careful in politics, because even some persons that seem to be activists, they may maybe actually lobbyists. Okay. They have an agenda. Okay. So you yep. have to kind of read between, you know, and that energy. Energy never lies. But I didn't mind because at the end of the day, everything I do, I can hold my head high because I do it with honesty, integrity. And I have my dignity at the end of the day. I told no lies. I made no promises. I just came up with sustainable, viable solutions.
0: Hmm.
1: You know, I didn't bash anyone, totally clean. So I feel good about it. I let people know what I'm about. And at the end of the day, you can't go wrong with that. Okay. Would you do it again? Would you,
0: if the opportunity arises to, to run for public office, any sort of, any capacity, whether it's the same or different, would you do it again?
1: Oh, most definitely. Okay. Because you, you won't find anyone more patriotic. To the I know that much very much. Yes. Trust yes. me. Yes. You, yes. Know, you know, but the situation will have to be right. And, you know, I'm not one of those persons that's done for this thing where, you know, it's all party or whatever the case is, or you're toying the line just for towing the line's sake. I'm like, listen, if someone is wrong or your approach is wrong or your intent, you're not genuine about what you're doing, then I really don't want to have anything to do with you. You know, if we you're going in there with the intent or the purpose to help persons and take the country forward, that's one thing. But if I find out that you have an agenda, then we have to sever ties. So sometimes you see things and, like I say, you sit back, you observe, and you have to realize... You know, all of us are not the same, unfortunately. But that's just the way it is. It's Indeed. That's where they call it politics. Indeed.
0: Now, in your time, as in doing all that you do, having a day job, as you said, you're also a father and a husband. Yes. Break that down for me.
1: <laughs> man. It's basically, it's just having to do it all, you know. One thing that a lot of persons ask me very frequently is how do I balance it all?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And the truth is, there is no balance. Really? You, you just do what you have to do. Like persons will talk to me about, oh, you know what all I've had to sacrifice. And yes, there has been a tremendous, insane amount of sacrifice along the way over the years. Many things. But at the end of the day, I don't look at them as sacrifices. I just do what I have to do. I just do what needs to be done. I take care of everyone I need to take care of. And that's it. I never complain. I never cry or any of that stuff. It's just what needs to be done. Because if I don't do it, else is going to do it
0: okay it's and that simple it, as and it. speaking of balance you said there really isn't any balance no to me um, there's not okay to you there's not how do you then unequivocally unequivocally don't find yourself being pulled in so many different directions how do you stay focused
1: staying focused is very easy for me because i'm an intensely and insanely disciplined man mm-hmm. and that's something I, that was instilled in me at a very young age i think because to partly I was very fortunate and blessed to have found my passion, my passions and, you know, to cultivate my talents and my skills at a very young age. Some persons really don't get to that level until they're in their, you know, middle age or until they're in, you know, older age. I was very fortunate to discover that at a young age and I just wanted it. And I always have the mentality, even now that if I want to have more than the next man or woman, I have to work harder. I have to apply myself more. I have to go hard because at the end of the day, no one is coming to save me. No one. You know, so you can't depend. I mean, persons will be there to give you support. But at the end of the day, you can't expect them to save you. And people need to come out of that mentality. Not your parents, not your children, not your brother, your sister, your friends. It's all on you. It's your journey. And stop worrying about if other persons see your vision. The vision is not always totally 100% clear. But trust your gut. Trust the process. And do the work. You have to put in the work. That's where equity is a must. You can't expect anything to be handed for you. I could not agree with you more.
0: Your sense of family and heritage and culture, that's what I smiled when you said there probably isn't anybody that's more patriotic than you. And I, 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 I absolutely understand that and get mm-hmm. that sense from you. But let's talk a little bit about the impact of the very strong men in your family. What has that done for you? What, What's that like, both on mom's side and dad's side talk to me about that solid
1: mentorship that's been very important in my life like you mentioned from both sides of my family my mom and my dad's side I've had you know great gentlemen in my life and not only my from my grandparents and my you know my father and stuff but even my uncles you know and I think that's very important that you have a strong and very good relationship with family members like I grew up in a time where, you know, you know, they used to say it takes a village to raise a child. It still does. Yes. And I grew up in that time. It's kind of shifted and since then. And it still then. takes a village to raise it, an adult. Yes, it still does. So I grew up in a time where you couldn't leave from where you were and go to, even to a neighbor's house or down the road on your bicycle or whatever the case is. Trust me, there were no cell phones in those times. And most people didn't even have landlines. And I used to always wonder, well, how could you get back home where you live like i would go to seagull's bay and by the time i get back to town news of already whatever happened had already came back so i'm like how did they used to do that but people were more Mm tight-knit they were closer they were more respectful and look out for one another's children and stuff like that so i had a lot of great influences my father was he was a strict disciplinarian very very strict and i'm thankful for that because he instilled certain things in me certain traits and these attributes from a very young age that has stuck to me until now. Mm-hmm. I'll never forget one of the greatest things he ever said to me, which his father, and my grandfather, and am said to him when he was a young boy, which is, son, never eat your Sunday morning bread on Saturday night. Hmm. And that has stuck with me ever since. Interesting, repeat that for me. Never eat your Sunday morning bread okay. on Saturday night. Okay. What did you get from that? Basically, he's telling you, you have to be careful with what you have And not feel like it's automatically going to come again at any given time because anything that's given to you can be taken away from you. Or if you're foolish with what you have, you can lose it quickly. You don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. How powerful is that in the midst of a global pandemic? That is very powerful. That is very profound because, you know, we're in a global pandemic now, as you say or as I say, pandemic. whichever you choose to believe. (laughs) Depending on your your seat. Yeah, depending, you know, but that's a whole other story. And you see persons out there, yes, you have to live your life, but at the same time, we have to be mindful. Things just may very well never be the same. So we have to be mindful and you can not be living your life all willy-nilly and you won't have anything in place. Like, you know, you don't have a significant amount of savings. But yet you party every single weekend. I party too, but I might party on a Friday night and go and make money on a Saturday night. You mm-hmm. understand? Get it. Yeah. So yeah. you have to kind of try to work it out. One of the things that is so evident with
0: you is your love for family. Yes. You're a girl dad. And you take quite
1: a bit of pride in that. Yes. Uh, tell
0: me about the experience and the journey of being a father and a provider.
1: Oh definitely I must say, you know, it's it's been the greatest experience of my entire life. Like I've never experienced anything like that. Like you think you could love your girlfriend or your wife or your mom or that, but you have never really Mm. experienced love until you create life yourself, flesh of your flesh, blood of your blood. You know, and then I was I've been there for everything from the moment she came out, Mm -hmm. I experienced that live, you know. Her first, the first time she crawled, the first time she walked, first time she spoke and her first word, which was daddy, Mm -hmm. you know, and we just have an incredible bond. And, you know, I just do my utmost best to make sure I instill the values and, you know, those traits and attributes in her. She's her own person, of course, you know, I don't ever expect her to be like me. I expect her to be better than me and I want her to be better than me. So I just put all my energy, the positive vibes and everything I can and instill these things in her and, you know, for her to go out into the world and be the most decent and great human being she could possibly be. There is a difference, as
0: you know, between being a father and perhaps just a donor. Yes. I want you to speak to the young men of our generation, the distinguished gentlemen, the aspiring gentlemen that are learning and growing and and watching on as persons like yourself move through the trajectory of life, but speak to the importance of being present. You mentioned about being there for the delivery and the first walk and the, the first word. How important is that for them to understand that it's just not a matter of perhaps providing financially, but in building that person, in creating that human being, how important is it, is it to be present?
1: It's the most important thing because being present is more important than the presence. You understand what I'm saying? Yes it's in more it's more important than any iPad any computer hmm. any cell phone any gift that you can give because children need that structure and they will more oftentimes and not try to emulate things hmm. that you do and they will even you know they they look at how you relate in your relationship yes. with whether your child's mother or whatever the case is their mom and they will emulate those things because they will come up now and look at these things and say okay this is how relationships should be. And the thing is, I would like to say, for me to say something to the young gentlemen, yes. I have to say something to the young ladies. Mm. Young ladies, please understand that this whole thing about even if you're looking at chair support, could you, we need to come together as adults and understand if you have a chair together, if the young man is not with you anymore, ladies, that is not an excuse for you to che- take the young man to court for chair support out of spite. Because he has moved on in a relationship with another young lady, okay, and we see these things in the community, in society, all the time. Now, it's a different case if the young man now isn't t- taking care of his responsibilities. But too often, we find times that it's kind of like just like with men, is an ego thing. Yeah, Something, and a lot of a lot of yeah. things are done out of spite. Exactly, they're done out of spite. But the only person that truly suffers in that regard is the child. So, young men, please mm-hmm. do everything you can. And the same way for the men, you know, don't be out of spite. Don't say that you're not giving your monthly allowance to the child this month just because the young lady doesn't want to see you or sleep with you or any of these things. You know, be, be a grown person, be an adult, and you can co-parent even if you're not together in a relationship, whether it's a marriage or whatnot. If you've moved on, that's fine, but the child never moves on. The child is yours for life.
0: Thank you for that, that nugget, especially when it comes to co-parenting because I find a lot of young people, Young men, particularly, have a difficult time with that, but that that's important to understand. I want to speak to our territory of the Virgin Islands at this very pivotal point. Yes, the global pandemic, which we're suffering with, we're dealing with the economic downfall of that, but we're also dealing with the fact that we seem to continuously be losing our kings, Yes, whether it's gun violence, road fatalities, we keep losing them. Yes. And I don't think the average person, or perhaps they do, understands the impact that that is going to have on our territory in the long term. Speak to the young kings on their importance of being around.
1: Well, as young Mr. Grant just said to all my young kings, understand that you are special and your life is more important than you will ever know. You mean a lot to more persons than you will ever know. And do your utmost best not to get caught up in certain lifestyles and to a wrong to make your children proud, to make your parents proud. And most importantly, the person that you have the most to prove anything to is yourself. Do your best to be a constructive member of your community. Get involved. Be around for your children's future. And Forget about the fast life, because I want to send a message to you all. And that is, there is more money legally than illegally. As weird as that may sound, Hmm. there's a reason I say that. You have more to lose when you do illegal things. You have to watch over your shoulder more. I personally rather like to sleep soundly at night. When I go home in the evenings or whatever and I have my nice long shower and I lay on my bed in five minutes flat, I'm like a Mac truck <laughs> shifting 18 gears. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm out cold. I sleep soundly okay. every night. And I could not imagine living a lifestyle where yes. I have to wonder if someone is coming to my household where my family lives. Or I have to look over my shoulder every time I go to a bar. I or I get here. on my bike or I get in my car. You know, that's that's a crazy thing. You know, if you, and just understand if you choose a certain lifestyle, because we all can't be the same, you know, life would be very, very boring if all of us were the same. But at the same time, if you choose a certain lifestyle, remember you're not just putting yourself at risk, you're putting your entire family, your entire community at risk. Someone can get hurt, maimed, or even killed. It may not even be you, because you are go- what's going to happen to you is the energy that you put out, whether positive or negative energy will always come back. Energy never lies. When you look at
0: being so grounded, as I would call it, and so cognizant and aware of who you are, where you come from, what do you think Virgin Islanders should be paying most attention to at this very moment in our history?
1: I think we should be paying attention to making sure we hold our identity, first and foremost. Because even if you look towards, I'll touch on this very briefly, the entertainment industry, mm-hmm. look at our culture, our music. Some persons have, you know, made the notion over the years and made comments such as, oh, we don't have an identity. We don't have a specific culture or specific song, but we do. And your culture and your song and all of these things, they are your unique identifier. But look what's been happening now over the previous recent years in the music industry. You have countries such as Barbados and Trinidad and even Jamaican taking the songs that we have sculpted and persons like myself have contributed so much to, and they're taking the song that some of them used to ridicule mm-hmm. and incorporate it into their style and have huge songs around the world. So that's the thing. We need to understand that it, it always bothers me and it has bothered me over the years where we have this lack. So many of us have this lack of national pride. It's almost like we're afraid mm-hmm. or we're ashamed to be Virgin Islanders. And I have never understood that because when I remember being at certain huge events in the U.S. and stuff, places like Atlanta, New York and Miami, and I would be like what we call a jam, you know, in a dance, a fit. And, you know, the person on the mic would come on and say, oh, you know, Trinidad that massive, and everybody's going crazy. And when they come and say, they might say, Rock City, massive. And I'm looking at persons that I've seen, they bought certificates from Red Redhead in BVI, <laughs> and they're like, Half. and I'm like, what? I'm like the only person in there, one of the only persons with my hands up if if they mention Tartola or the and I'm like, Really? Mm-hmm. And I just put that off a small reference, you know? And and it's crazy, man. So I, I wanna speak to that and I'll tell you why, because
0: as you look through our festival, right, and I'm glad you brought it up because persons have said that we have somewhat of an identity crisis. Mm-hmm. What could
1: be done to rectify that? We must have an identity crisis when it comes to festival if there's no kind of effort being put into cultivating local talent, cultivating the performing arts of the Virgin Islands. How come we don't have a a school of the performing arts in the Virgin Islands in the year 2020? You know, how come is it? It is that when you see a poster, a flyer go up, what's the first thing you see when festival is coming up? You see a flyer for the British Virgin Islands BVI Festival with Beanie Man and whatever artist Marshall Mantano on it before you see vibe, before you see lashing dogs, before you see extreme. And you might see someone of us down below and, or in small print, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm just saying these little things. And how do you think that affects the psyche of a person that's of, of contributed course, of course, and put in, and I'm not talking about me because you don't have to do that for me. You know, I'm on the type of person. I don't need motivation. I don't need inspiration, you know, and I don't necessarily need that, mm-hmm. you know, and, I want to basically encourage musicians, people in the performing arts, in the entertainment industry, whatever you're in, you have to make sure and push yourself to the level where you don't need them. Mm. Understand? And that's why, that's what will make you survive. That's why I'm in the game this long. That's why I'm still as respected as I am, you know, as requested and all of these things, because you have to be able to move effortlessly and flow. And stop putting all the eggs in one basket. At the end of the day, it's a numbers thing too, because it always is. Everyone is, everyone is, if everyone is competing for the same pot, what sense does that make? This pot is this big when there's a whole other set of pots out here. Why not focus on that? So you have to sometimes push yourself. And for the musicians, I like to say, don't expect handouts and stop being in this mentality where you think everything should be handed to you. It's not you have to earn that respect, put out a couple of hits, you know, make people want to hire. you can't sit by idly all year long, have a band or be an artist, you're not doing anything. you're not even putting up your own money, and that's the thing where I kind of really shine over the years because I was all in, always willing to bet the farm on myself, okay, I can't lose if I bet the house on myself oh, yes. oh yes I cannot lose, so people will recognize that now, and that's where the respect comes in because people will always recognize effort. If you're not applying yourself, you're not putting in that effort, why should I hire you? Why should I pay you money to come on the stage and you're up on the stage swinging from left to right slowly? Like, what sense does that make? I just paid $40 to come in and watch you on stage and you're standing up there saying, put your hands in the air. You put your hands in the air. I just paid $40 <laughs> and then I would go after your energy. Yes, yes, you know I'm yes, saying yes. I might put my hands up in the air then, but you got to work for it. Thank you for that level of honesty and thank you for
0: that level of of candid response because there's such a thing as tough love and I think we all need it. You Mm -hmm. you touch on some great nuggets pertaining to the music industry and and viewers, this season is heavy with the artists. It really is. And it was not intentional, but we see where during the pandemic, music has really served as a driving force. Never before, never before have we seen such an avenue for talent not only locally regionally but internationally as well COVID has has forced us to really come together and music has been one of those really really instrumental aspects what music would we be surprised to know that Dirk Walters listens to
1: you shouldn't be surprised at all because I'm a student of the game first and foremost I am a student of the game I love all genres of music and that's one of the reasons I'm still here sitting with you right now because When I started my band, Extreme, you know, they labeled me as all types of things. I don't know if I could say this, but they labeled me island people band. They labeled me white people band, all of these things. And I would smile because I'd be like, "Hmm, okay, Mm -hmm. you guys will understand soon enough. I'm like, first and foremost, where are you judging anyone because of, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm not into that stuff. I love everyone. I respect everyone. And if something sounds good, I'm going to play it. And I myself, like I said, I'm a student of the game and a lover of music and I'm an avid collector of music as well. Nice. You know, so I play everything and that's why I had to kind of go and form my own thing. And I built my own brand, my own dynasty from the ground up because, you know, being in groups before that time, it was like we were so boxed in. It was so one dimensional. Yes. I was like, listen, there's a whole other world out there. I want to learn how to play the rock and roll. I want to learn how to play the lovers rock, the reggae, you know, the pop, all these things. So when we came out, when I came out with Extreme, now like we would be playing places, and you would hear like a Whitney Houston, mm-hmm. you would hear a Bon Jovi, you would hear U two, yes sir, you would hear Baris Hammond, you would hear all these things, and we would intertwine them and fuse them and flow through them so effortlessly, effortlessly, you know, and people would be amazed. And I'm like, that's what I want to be able to do. I want, I want to be able to please any crowd with any genre so we took over the game that way like literally everywhere you would see extreme at that point Mm -hmm. like every pool party staff party house party little bars i did the gigs that no one else wanted to do basically and then when they saw the success everyone wanted to jump on board on on the bandwagon and i'm like it was there all the time you know sometimes persons don't want something until they see you have it it's kind of like you know who you telling? <laughs> oh, exactly. <laughs> it's kind of like, you know, when you were in school, right? You, you could have on the same pair of shoes, sneakers, as another schoolmate, a mm-hmm. classmate of yours. And for some reason, in his mind, his is just better. The same exact pair, you bought it the same exact day. You even wear the same size. But his is better. You know why? Because they're his. Absolutely. Dirk, thank you so much, first and
0: foremost, for your contribution to VI Music. Thank you so much for your honesty and your candid. You and I could talk all day. Yes, definitely.
1: And I have to say, Ron, I want to offer you my huge congratulations on this show. It is immaculate. I love the set. I love the energy. I love the vibe. And congratulations on your second season. Thank you so much. much I appreciate it. Viewers,
0: you're watching The Art of a Distinguished Gentleman. We'll see you next week.